Welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast. Thanks for joining us for a little beer and little conversations about the sales mindset. My name is Dennis D. Pasquale, Dr. Dennis D. My name's Sam. I'm Brian. And welcome. All right, so what's the question for the day? All right, so the question for today is how can salespeople cultivate resilience in dealing and overcoming challenges they face as being a salesperson? Alcohol. <laughs> no, actually, that's not a good answer, right? No, that's what um, we're doing right now. So. Yeah, no. Um, so resilience, it's one of the areas that I'm familiar with, but I haven't really dove into the research on it. But resilience is just this ability to bounce back from failure, just the ability to really handle it. So the first thing is to start with your emotional intelligence, to recognize when your emotions are getting the, the best of you. The second is to recognize when change might need to be embraced. So I think of COVID as a great example of that. And I'm, I'm not someone who handled it well, to be transparent on that one. But the, the biggest thing for resilience is the more you practice it, the better and easier it will get. And oftentimes that requires you going back to emotional intelligence to really be able to learn how to create the emotions that you need to get through something. The other part of it, and we spoke about it in the last podcast is having your why, having a reason for doing what you are going to do. And I think you have to, you have to look at it at two levels. There's the, I'm taking care of customers. I'm bringing good stuff. To customers and just because this asshole was was a dick to me doesn't mean that I shouldn't stop trying to find the customers that I'm going to be able to bring something good to but also realize it's good for you it's good for your future and so when you're hearing a lot of no's and you go you go a week without a sale you go two weeks without a sale you go three weeks without a sale You've got to, one, hold on to the understanding that it's going to happen. It's a numbers game. You know, um, unless you, even the worst conversion rate is still a conversion rate if you give it enough time. There's always going to be someone that hears what you want and is like, yes. Uh, But you get, you have to, you have to put those numbers out there. And then trust that it's going to happen and it has to happen for you to move forward for your career. If you give up on sales, Sales is the biggest meritocracy, the biggest equalizer. And if you take that easy way out, you will have basically not learned how to really work for something. Yeah, so I, I really love this question because mm-hmm. I think it uh, it talks a lot about, well, I think everything it's, as being a salesperson is a challenge. Mm. I mean... Even when you actually do finally get the sale, it was a challenge to get there. You know, you didn't, you, you didn't just, you don't walk into a sale. You don't call up somebody and they're like, yeah, I want your product. And uh, what I think this really connects to what you talked about in your class with grit. Mm. And it's probably the most, uh, it's one of the best ways to determine if you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Do you have the grit to persevere mm-hmm. when things aren't going to go well? Because things are not going to go well majority of the time. Like, what, what would you say is going to be, like, the best conversion rate that you could achieve, like, realistically? Oh, well, it's 
truly depends on the industry, but we're looking probably like 50, 30%. I mean, think about it. It's like batting average. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Batting average is usually around 300, 30%. Probably the same thing for your conversion rate. Now, that being said, some inbound sales, if someone's an inbound salesperson, they're like, oh, I've got a conversion rate of 75%. They're coming to you. Yeah. Not, you don't have to actually yeah. reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I, what I, I, you know, something Simon Sinek said to me once really resonated with me. And he said, at least 10% of the people are going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. So unless you're saying something that's turning them off, you should have at base a 10% conversion rate. What I love about grit, and I didn't even realize about grit until I started putting the the training course together when I was putting some stuff together, is you know in your class, I tell you that your conversion rate's going to start off zero. Week one, zero. Week two, zero. Week three, zero. Week four, zero. And then it has this logarithmic mm-hmm. curve, this exponential curve, yep. where you start to see growth. So the more you do, the more your conversion rate will be. And that's experience. That is just exactly what has been shown that the more people have tried, truly tried, not lied, because people lie on their projects all the time, the the higher their conversion rate is. To that end, that exactly fits with the grit formula as well. And I've never connected it, but the graphs are exactly the same. And so the grit formula, and this is, this is Dr. Angela Duckworth put this together. She she found that, you know, skill is talent times effort. Mm -hmm. Achievement is skill times effort. Mm -hmm. So achievement is talent times effort times effort or effort squared. And that's that curve. And what it means is, you know, for, for you guys in your early sales careers, you've got a long time before you, whatever a long time is, but you've got that that trailing tail of no results until you start seeing results. It's not just in sales though. Look at anyone who's considered an overnight success, quote unquote, overnight success. No one ever pays attention to the amount of stuff that they got wrong, the amount of failing that they had to do. That's another thing, you gotta embrace failure. Uh, George Clooney. George Clooney has a string of rejections before he actually has any successes. And actually, one of the things he did, he's he changed his approach. He stopped thinking about himself as an actor and he started thinking of himself, excuse me, he started thinking of himself as a product that producers needed. Mm-hmm. And when he started thinking about it like that, and I'm pretty sure that's George Clooney, that's when things turned around for him. And so when you look at when you look at Bill Gates, Bill Gates was a phenomenal failure before he was a phenomenal success. If you look at Michael Jordan, if you look at Steve Jobs, if you look at uh, I don't know why I would blank on his names, uh, Tesla, Musk, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, lots of time before everything worked out. Uh, Bezos mm-hmm. was sleeping under his desk because he was willing to put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to recognize that all these people that I mentioned were basically middle class, like anyone else, in lower class in some case, like anyone else that might be listening to this podcast. And what they did is they just believed that if they get through the suck, that it'll work out. And that's, that's where that resilience comes in. Mm-hmm. There's a, a good book also, uh, Eric Greetens wrote 
a book and it's really letters to uh, someone who uh, in the military had been basically life beaten out of him. I, I don't remember the injury or whatever, but his letters are basically to help build the resilience in that particular individual. But you still have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of negative in sales. There's a lot of no. There's a lot of dicks, as we've been talking about in the, set, in, in the podcast. And so you've got to make sure that you're balancing life out properly. Yeah, you're going to have to work hard. But then take some time to play hard in order to enjoy yourselves. You know, spend yeah. time with your significant others. Uh, spend time with your family. Spend time away from the sale. You know, it's, it's great and all to work a 12-hour day, but take that 13th or 14th hour for yourself. Hopefully you're getting it done with an eight hour day. Mm-hmm. But realistically, if there's one thing that I've discovered in sales, whenever I'm talking to someone, you know, 40 hour work week is barely going to get you by. It'll, it'll, it's, it's, yeah. it's average. And if you're looking to be average, is that really good? Yeah. Especially when you're starting out and you're mm-hmm. building yeah. your entire connections, the experience that you need and whatnot, kind of connecting it back to what you said about balancing your life. Mm-hmm. It's, the same process as going through a, I say a, a significant tragedy and like you're, you're, you're always trying to move forward or you're always trying to change things and build things. We see that after a significant negative experience in somebody's life, when people bounce back, this is through like a psychiatric research, people end up sometimes not even like true. They trend at a higher high than what they did beforehand. Mm. It's it, assuming that they, sought help or actively sought an improvement mm-hmm. and the i what were you gonna say uh, no no finish finish, finish. i was gonna say and that kind of connects to like picking up on your failures or on things that didn't work out tracking the nose it's say in sales or tracking the places where you fell short and seeing what you did wrong so i, I kind of have this philosophy when i'm like talking to a friend and i'm like stressed out about something and if somebody asks for help, because you know how it is if uh, somebody's venting to you and then you try to offer help that they didn't ask for. But yeah. if, if it comes to that, the best thing that I think that you can do when you're, you're venting or you have a problem or you're thinking about it in your head or you're talking to somebody is always end on an action step. If you sit there and you say, oh, I'm not getting any sales, people are hanging up on me, I'm not setting the next meeting, this person cursed me out in their office today, and you go home, then the entire workday was bad. But if you bookend it, ideally on both ends, but especially at the end, you bookend it, and the last thing that you walk away with is, what can I do to change it next time? Where now it isn't a whole day of failure, it's, okay, well, I use today to find out that this one thing didn't work. Mm. And if every single day you walk away, even with the smallest lesson, you're always getting a little bit better each day, even if it's microscopic. Yeah, that's a great failure mindset to have. Mm. Uh, Jia Jang wrote a book, and so Jia Jang's book, Rejection Proof, one of the things that happened to him was he went in front of an investor. He had people counting on him went up in front of an investor and was rejected by that investor. And the rejection hit him so hard. He was depressed, all this stuff. He had failed his his spouse, he had failed his employees, so on and so forth. And he realized that that was not acceptable. So what he did is he set out to have 100 failures. And I don't know if he ever actually got to his 100 failures because he just started asking for bigger and bigger things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fascinating book to read, but that's why I gave you guys the rejection project 
Mm-hmm. You know, seek out no's instead of seeking out yeses because it takes the pressure off. And you find yeah. out you find out that ten percent conversion rate when you take the pressure off. Okay. Yeah. Give me this gift card. Oh, sure, why not? Here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, but you have to learn. Every time you fail, you have to learn from it, or else it's all for naught. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's critical. Yeah, and at every, at, I mean, at every challenge, there's something to learn from it. If you hear a no, mm-hmm. you know what, like Brian was saying, you know what, there is something that you could have done better. What what is it that you could have changed about? Your approach, mm-hmm. your introduction, um, the way uh, the way you ended it. What did you ask for? How did you ask for it? And I mean, there's so many things you could take away from it, but just find one. Yeah. So you know, I'm thinking about Lucas Control. As you said that, mm-hmm. and it's important that you worded it the way you did, because I think a lot of people go into it and say, "Well, that customer was a dick." Maybe they were. Mm-hmm. But that's not an excuse. Yeah. How could you make that customer less of a dick? Or <clears throat> you are responsible for a positive reaction to that. That's 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 not just in locus of control. That's in stoicism. That's in philosophy from two thousand or more years ago. Now, what? Can, how can you have a positive approach to that particular thing? So you got to start by looking outside, saying, "What can I do to have improved that particular situation?" You know. How could I have made a crack at the beginning of the phone call so that they're taken off guard, for example? Mm-hmm. You know, anything, you know, start outside. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, so long as the client actually has, like, you don't pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Sam, I'm from blah, 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 and I want to talk to you about this. If they don't immediately hang up after that and show zero interest, if they actually show some interest, that means there is a chance that you can make a sale. And if you don't, you know, there was something that, you know, turned them off there. Yeah. You know, was it something that you said, something you did? And just reflect on that. And I mean, if you're if you're not taking that opportunity to reflect on it, then you're just wasting the, that time. I mean, hell, these days, if someone picks up the phone, mm-hmm. if you don't recognize the caller ID number, you usually don't pick it up. Yeah. I think that's why it's so important to track your metrics, like your your KPI and mm. your your input is you're able to celebrate at least a win. Where one of the things for having the motivation to pick it up and go forward is evidence, previous evidence that you've been successful. And I think that's why goals are so important and hitting progressional goals, not just large pie in the sky goals or I want to sell $100,000 this year. If that's your only goal, then it's going to be a lot harder to achieve than if you say, okay, well, if I want to do that, let's break down the amount of people that I should call based on my KPI. Say, okay, I should be calling 75 people every single day to do this. If that's the case, then you can celebrate a win if you've contacted 75 people that day. And that's a very logistical approach. Yeah. When it comes to, or yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was like, when it comes to any passion or, or, or work or hobby and whatnot, it's about creating those smaller goals that sometimes aren't even about the total achievement of what you're doing, but also effort-based mm-hmm. goals as opposed to uh, result-based goals, input-based goals. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's that's what I was chomping at the bit to talk about is, mm-hmm. is yes, you want to have your, long, your, your results goals. Yeah. How many sales you want to make, where your commission check is going to be, you know, all of that. But what it comes down to on a day-to-day basis 
is focus on those input goals. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you're going to do this week, this day, this morning, this hour, this minute. You know, when you're sitting down there and you're like, oh, tired. Oh, no, got a call. Got a call. Yeah. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to call 10 people this hour. I'm supposed to dial 10 people this hour. You know, and then if you don't make it because you had a great conversation with the customer, you know, I think you're, you're good to go. But, you know, you've got to look at that. And that's why I love the idea of pursuing the rejections as opposed to the, the acceptances because it mm-hmm. really is much more of an input goal than anything yeah. else. Yeah. It's about what you give versus what you get. And you can't always control what you get. The reality is, is you can set large, attainable, even very attainable goals. But there's the reality that this year, a pandemic sweeps the country and you might not hit it. So what you go for are the the stepping stones, what you can control, what you give. And you try to manipulate what you get as much as possible. Yeah, I really love that about setting the... Uh not, not focusing on the results. Because if you talk to anyone, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. But kind of like the second step and like the next step forward from that is what, you know, what are you going to do to get there? Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you could probably ask multiple people if they tell you like, oh, I want to I want to get these results. OK, well, what are you going to do to get that? Majority of them, in my case, when I've talked to them, they don't really have an answer. And, yeah. you know, if you if you know your KPIs, you know okay, I need to do a hundred calls per week to get that. And that gives you a plan. You wake up in the morning and you know, okay, this is what I need to do today. You're not waking up in the morning. Oh yeah. I want to get a hundred thousand dollars of sales this year. Yeah. What should I do? If you're always asking what you need to do next, if you're always, if you're always planning, you're not acting and you Mm -hmm. want to set up the plan as much as possible. Yeah. As soon as possible as well. And just go after it. Yeah. Action without perfection either. Don't worry about perfection. Yeah. My favorite quote from American Pie, I don't know if you guys, this might be before your time, is when the two women are talking, two girls are talking in high school and they're talking about having sex. And uh, the one, I think her name was Vicky, is like, oh, I don't know, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for this, and blah, blah, blah. And her friend's like, it's not a spatial alliance, it's sex. Just don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, not that I would encourage that, but like... <laughs> The, the, just, just focus on it. I was thinking of fitness as a great example of this, because if you have fitness goals, yeah. you are not going to see results from fitness goals right away. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you look one week to the next, you're not going to see the results. It's not until you look five weeks or several weeks as opposed to one week at a time. Mm-hmm. And so it's just focus on the input effort, focus on the activities, like you were saying, then you'll be able to get to where you need to go. And you got to just trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the saying, uh, I mean, well, it was somebody, uh, I don't know who it was, but I saw a video of him. And he was saying, he was saying, oh, everyone knows the saying, practice makes perfect. Like, all right, get that, get that out of your head. Mm. No one ever is going to achieve perfection, but practice makes better. Yes. Yeah, and no, that's great. Every day. I mean, to anybody out there who, you know, plays a, plays a sport, plays a game that, you know, every time, the more time you spend on it, the better you get. Mm. And that is an undeniable fact. Mm-hmm. The more experience you have in it, the better you will be. There you go. So when it comes to that resilience, 
just practice. Just put your effort into it. Uh, I'm going to call him out for yawning, but I think that's a good good uh, flag that Ryan <laughs> was yawning. So we probably should cut the uh, podcast off here. But this has been a great conversation. You know, resilience, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that you do have to put that effort into. But just trust in that process. Any final thoughts, guys? Uh, that's good for me. Yeah, I think so as well. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for a few beers and a few conversations. And we will see you 